Take a chance, take a chance, take a take a chance, chance to <laughs> That's so hard to do. Take a chance, take a chance, take a take a chance, chance. Take a chance, take a chance, take a take a take a chance. Take a take a take a chance. Is it take a take a chance? Take a chance, take a chance, take a take a take a chance, take a chance, take a chance, take a take a take a chance, take a chance, take a chance. Is that it? Wow, you just blew me out of the fucking water, babe. Can I ask you a serious question before we even begin? Do you think one day your daughter is gonna be writing letters to David Hasselhoff? Keanu Reeves and Nicolas Cage <laughs> saying one of you could be my father come to my wedding in Jersey I want you <laughs> to walk me down the aisle <laughs> we're on Caddis Island that little island <laughs> off of Jersey please we come we will be going to Six Flags after <laughs> the ceremony <laughs> we'll be getting married on King Dakar <laughs> King Dakar is scary as fuck. That thing is so high. I can't do it. I've done it once. It's anticlimactic. I think it at the time was the highest roller coaster in the world, but you literally just go all the way up and all the way down. There's no loop de loops. There's nothing. That's my least favorite part of the roller coaster is going up and down. <laughs> it's just the bad part of roller coasters. Completely. I'm more of a Batman coaster. Like that's like my peak because you're really strapped in and it's smooth. Yeah. You know, I like a comfortable roller coaster where I'm scared but I feel secure. Yeah, I need to feel secure. We should go to fucking Six Flags together when it opens. I love and I love the safari. Oh, fuck yes. I love it at Halloween time. It's fucking sad that Halloween, we don't really have those Halloween bashes at amusement parks these years. I know, but thank God we released a Halloween episode for everyone <laughs> who's... <laughs> yeah, I hope everyone had a great Halloween. Of course, this is High Flying Adored, your podcast to listen to when you're getting stoned, getting drunk, and thinking about your favorite guilty pleasure musicals. But of course, our sober friends, we're here for you too, and we love you. What are we covering today, Mikey? Mamma mia. Oh, mamma mia. Oh, mamma mia. <laughs> and we're both Italian, so. So we have to pronounce it that way. It's culturally insignificant if we don't. Exactly. I fucking love this movie. I'm so excited. Baby, where Cats was just a nightmare the whole time. Like, this movie, <laughs> I'm like laughing one minute. I can't believe the shit that's happening. And then the next minute, I'm like, Sobbing. I think this is the example of the genius that can happen with a movie musical and how it doesn't have to be perfect, but it has to feel campy and fun and it has to be true to the story and true to the musical. And this did a great fucking job and it's so good. I was laughing out loud. Yeah. So the movie was released in 2008. From these facts I wrote down, I think you're going to agree it was a great year. Oh my God, I'm excited. Okay. Number one, Britney Spears makes a comeback. Oh my God. Is this a blackout album? Well, this is after after she like shaved the head and had to go to the psychiatric ward. So she did her healing <laughs> and she returned for a comeback and shocked the world. Okay, that album that came out afterwards was actually one of my favorite Britney albums of all. Which one is it? What's on there? I think it's Blackout, which has Gimme, Gimme Ma, Gimme Ma. Oh. And it also has I miss American dreams since I've been 17, don't matter if I, you know. Is that where she has the snake? No, girl, that's Slave for You. Oh, okay. Well, I'm actually more of an Xtina. Oh, wow. Well, you know, I think you can be both. Were you a Backstreet Boy or an NSYNC? I was a Backstreet Boy girl. Okay, NSYNC. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. I wasn't there for it. Well, you know, it's good because we have each of us likes a different one. Okay. Miley Cyrus made her cover for Vanity Fair, but it was scandalous because she was only 15, but it looked like she was shirtless in it. It was a little sexual. Did you look at the cover? Is it very risque or is it where people kind of being dramatic? I took these three minutes before we started FaceTiming, oh. so I did not <laughs> um, look at the photo. <laughs> we'll put it on the Instagram. It's on my to-do list as soon as we're done. <laughs> that out. Okay, some big releases came out this year. High School Musical 3. Ah, oh, the trifecta. The trifecta, which I can't wait to review some of those. We're gonna say what our favorite one, our favorite one on three. Ready? One, two, three. High School Musical 2. two. It's so good. High School Musical 2 is the best. It's such a funny premise that they all work at a country club together. Country club. And Troy's torn between working at the country club and participating <laughs> at the golf at the country club. Like, you definitely have enough time. It's summer vacation. You're only allowed to work a certain amount of hours. You're fine, Troy. I love that Sharpay's the only one who doesn't have a summer job. Because she's a rich bitch. She's so good. And we have her here right now. Ashley Tisdale. Okay, I still live for Ashley Tisdale. I would do anything for her. She's from New Jersey. Oh. Listen, we produce stars here, bitch. If Ashley Tisdale tweeted you and was like, listen, I would
would love to do a podcast with you. You have to ditch that loser. You're with. <laughs> would you do it? 100% yes. All right. Well, <laughs> I guess I would too. Um, okay. The Sex and the City movie came out. The first was good. Even though the, the second was kind of bad, I still love it. The second one is just so fucking weird. I don't know who okayed any of that storyline, but the first one I felt was exciting. It felt like a continuation of the series, which we all knew and loved. And um, Grizabella herself, Jennifer Hudson is in it. Grizabella. Yep. Okay. On three, let's say what character we are from Sex and the City. Oh my God. Wait, wait. I one, need to think. Okay. You ready? One, two, three. Charlotte, Carrie. but sometimes Samantha. <laughs> you are. Thank you. <laughs> I'm like a Carrie, but I also love Miranda. I was just going to say, you have a little Miranda in you. You oh, have yeah. Miranda side. Okay. Madonna turned 50 years old in 2008. That means Madonna is- Is like pushing 70? Whoa. Wait, she turned how old? 50? 50. Madonna is 62 years old. But do you know, that does seem right because she was like a star in the 80s. Yeah, I mean, because she had to at least be in her 30s, right? For like Vogue and shit. My favorite Madonna was like Frozen when she had like <gasps> the black hair. That album was so good. That was my favorite one, I think. I loved, I think it was early 2000s, late 90s, that like Ray of Light era with the curly hair. Uh Yeah. I loved that. All right, that's my facts. 2008 was a good year. These facts seem so much older than Mamma Mia feels to me. Yes, I didn't realize Mamma Mia came out like when I was in high school. Yeah. This movie is 12 years old, but it's cool they made the sequel movie just what, two years ago it came out? Two, three, yeah. Which I can't wait to cover that. I can't (laughs) fucking wait. It's even better. As if this cast could get any better, they decide to make it better. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, should we get into it? Should we start? Here we go again. Just kidding. It's first time. Here we go. Period. Okay. (laughs) We start off. We're on a beautiful Greek island and it's (laughs) evening time and it's a beautiful shot of a boat in the water and we hear Sophie singing who is played by Amanda Seyfried a little bit of I Have a Dream which is just one of the sweetest ABBA songs ever. Oh, this is our first time covering a jukebox musical. Ooh, you never forget your first. <laughs> so we see Sophie. She's singing a bit of I Have a Dream. I love her. There's one thing I have to, I just want to get it out of the way because I think she's so lovely. The vibrato is a little Hasselhoffian. I think it's worse than Les Mis. I completely agree. She's better at singing this style of music. It's not so bad in this. Like it's there, but like in Les Mis, it's, it's rough. I just don't know why, especially with this music, I don't even feel like you need vibrato in this music. And I'm a vibrato bitch. So I get why you'd want to if that's like your wheelhouse. But I feel like this is pop music. This is fun. Straight tone it, girl, because she's not bad. No. I enjoy the sound of her voice, but the vibrato is just this wispy. It's not comfortable sounding. It sounds very forced. Yeah. Besides that, I adore her. I think she's so cute. She couldn't be cuter. It's really good casting. We see her mailing off three letters and then, yeah, we meet her friends. But I have a question. Why do they all have a cheer when they see each other? Why can't they just say hello? I have no idea. Donna and her friends do it later on as well. Yeah. I wish I could remember it. It's like, for one night and one night only. Like, she does like a weird voice. (laughs) Donna and the Dynamite. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone around them is just like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? And they do it like from one end of a dock to the other (laughs) end of a dock. And then Meryl Streep starts running diagonally crazy, flailing her arms. Oh my God, yes. It's the most insane part of the movie. I'm like, what is going on? And then these girls, Sophie and her friends do it. And it's like, I'm short. I'm tall. I'm this. Like, okay. (laughs) I'm happy for you. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want your characteristics. I wonder how you met. Like, I wish the cheer was like, we met in college and now we're here. Or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) like, I wanted a little backstory in that, which was a purpose. I think we should start making chants. Uh, Every time we see each other? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I'm spunky. Spunky? Am I not spunky? (laughs) Yeah, I guess you're spunky. And I'm funky. And sometimes after and we together, eat, chunky. Chunky. <laughs> after Thanksgiving dinner. I don't want to commit to that. I don't want to say we're chunky. <laughs> but after Thanksgiving dinner only. Okay. Oh, so you're spunky. I'm funky. And after Thanksgiving dinner, we're chunky.
junkie. That's our thing. That's what we're going to say in public when we see each other. Screaming it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> we're workshopping it. It might get better. Sophie and her friends sing Honey Honey, one of the best, most adorable, up-tempo ABBA songs. And through this song, she's telling them, guys, for my wedding, which is in just a few days, I've invited my father. And they're like, oh my God, Sophie, we didn't think you knew who your father was because you just grew up with your mother this whole time. And she's like, well, I found this journal. I read my mother's diary. That's an invasion. That's fucked up. That's an invasion. Not cool. And in it, I found this guy. But then I also found this guy. And then I also found this guy. So there's three men. And that's who she was sending those letters to in the opening. They're all just kind of so excited. Like, oh my God, your three possible dads are here, are gonna come. And she's convinced that when she sees one, she's gonna know which one is her dad. I don't know why she thinks that's how that works, but she's real headstrong about it. And then that man can walk her down the aisle. And also when Sophie's reading the diary, she's like, everyone knows like what dot, dot, dot means. Anal. Anal. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine none of them are her dad. She just had anal with all of them. (laughs) Right. And Donna's like, why didn't you just ask? I had a a surrogate. I used a sperm donor. Hello. Yeah, if you just wanted to know, you could have asked. <laughs> also, as Sophie's like, she's reading a little bit of the juicy diary and then she'll run up a hill. Cardio, girl. I would be pissed. I was like, if you're telling me a juicy story and then like keep running away and making me follow you, to like, that's annoying. <laughs> That's so fun though, actually. If you were the person who had the juicy story, you could just like tell a tidbit, run, frolic like mad, and then be like, oh, you caught up? Okay, bitch, this is what happened next. Yeah. Then we get um, new up and coming actress, Meryl Streep. Stupid. Makes her entrance as Donna, Sophie's mother. Okay, once again, imperfect vocals, but amazing casting still. I'll still take it. I don't it. even care. I don't even care. I remember the first time I, when I saw the movie in theaters, I was like, wow, her vocals. But now it doesn't even sound bad to me anymore. I guess I'm just used to it. Yeah. I just feel like she's having so much fucking fun in this role. I feel like she doesn't give a shit. She's having a blast. So her former Dynamo bandmates, that was like their band, I believe, when they were in school come to visit for the wedding and that's Rosie who's short and sweet she's played by Julie Walters Mrs. Weasley Mrs. Weasley she's so good she is such an amazing physical comedic actress in this and then Tanya who's like this hot divorcee is played by my queen Christine Baranski I feel like I'm kind of the Rosie to your Tanya oh my god (laughs) I want to be Tanya desperately and I love Rosie so much so this makes sense. Yeah. I love it. Going back for a second, when Sophie's reading the diary, how everything happened, like how Donna met all the men, it like doesn't even fucking match up with the sequel. No, not at all. When they show the picture of them when they're like back and when she has a flashback of how they looked back in the day, like one is like long hair and a mustache. Like that's not how they do it in the sequel. They didn't give a fuck about the original. They're like, we're doing our own fucking thing. They said, we know you guys don't care. You just want a good, fun, ridiculous musical and we will give it to you. Right. We will give you what you want. When Rosie and Tanya are coming on the boat to the island, they have this bit where Tanya is talking to this man on the ship next to her. And there's like a basket with like a blanket covering it. And she's like, oh, can I see your baby? And they flip it over and it's like a fish and she screams. But I think that's a weird fucking way to even have a baby. A wooden basket, a baby within it with like a blanket tucked in around it. It was a strange fucking bit. Yeah, also that fish is so much better than a baby. Why would you scream? Yeah. That fish had like a thousand teeth. If I saw that fish instead of a baby, I'd be like, your child is gorgeous. Yeah, it was weird. It was so <laughs> fucking strange. And then we get a quick introduction of Sky, Sophie's fiance. He has a weird thing where he comes into the room and he says hi to all her friends. And they're like, what are you doing here? And he's like, I'm getting props for tonight because it's his bachelor party. And he takes like a, from Sophie's room, like a cigar and a cowboy hat. <laughs> and he's like, all right, good for tonight. Like what an odd, <laughs> these people have so many chests of costumes and stuff. Just the fact that so often we see Donna and the Dynamos in these insane old costumes they used to wear. Why do you guys still have them? Why are they here? They fit still? Like, have someone tailored them? One of the old Greek ladies? Trunks of boas and, like, scars and big floppy hats. It's what I aspire to, though, not gonna lie. I should get a prop trunk. You're right. Yeah. (laughs) 
So uh, Tanya and Rosie arrive and Donna's complaining about, you know, she has no money and she's to fix the place up. And she says something about like, um, you know, our resort used to be on top of Aphrodite's fountain or the spot of Aphrodite's fountain used to be here, which is not in the musical. This is an added plot. I didn't realize that. Do you know, I've only seen the musical once. I did the musical. Did you? Two summers ago. Yeah. Did you like it? I loved it. I bet it's like a high cardio one. Well, I was Harry. Oh, oh my God. I did it at a summer stock and it was like the show I was the least excited about and I had so much fucking fun with it. It seems like the most fun show to do ever, especially that bit at the end where they just randomly pop out Abba song after Abba song. It's not even part of the story. So much fun. Maybe Aphrodite isn't it. I just don't remember because it wasn't in that scene, but I don't remember that. It's such a weird fucking thing and it comes back later. It's strange. I feel like it's nice. Like it just gives more like symbolism to the whole thing and it sounds like a ridiculous story, but it is fucking beautiful. So if that is an addition, I fucking like it. Yeah. I think the changes that were made in this, because there are a few song changes, mm-hmm. but I think they were done really well. Yeah. They were good choices. I understand why they made them. They didn't add in a full on like newly written Taylor Swift song like Cats did. They weren't like Meryl Streep. Can you write a song? I would love that though. I bet you she would be on board though. She's like, yes, and everything. Right. <laughs> so then we get into money, money, money. It's extremely campy. The three women especially Donna, really fantasizing about having a rich man to take care of the hotel, the villa that's kind of struggling. They're just on a yacht. They're fucking around with this old captain. Yeah. At one point, Donna is on the bow of the ship in this flowing organza oh, silk yeah. dress. And then Tanya and Rosie are on fucking jet skis next to her. Yeah, right. They're just frolicking. There's a casino moment. There's just a lot of fun fantasies happening and like hot French maids. It's great. I love how these Greek people in the town become like the Greek chorus. They really do. And they all have really funny moments. They all do a great mm-hmm. job. That's pretty witty. I'll give it to them. Absolutely. Like, that's funny. Yeah. All the women also are kind of weirded out by the fact that Sophie wants to get married because Sophie's so young. She's 20. And then also the fact that Donna never got married. She did this whole thing of having this Greek hotel and having Sophie at a young age by her herself. So it's a little, especially to Donna, strange. Because Donna wants her to like see the world. Yeah, absolutely. Which I kind of get, but I also get Sophie's side where she never knew who her father was. She never had that normal kind of upbringing. And so she kind of craves it in her life. And I think Sophie sees that the hotel is in trouble and doesn't want to leave her mom high and dry. Like she's getting Sky to like put them on the internet to try to get more people because tourists aren't coming. Like, so she's really like taking care of Donna. The way they talk about the internet is so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Is it that new then? I mean, it's 2008. No, it's not. But then maybe when the musical came out, because I think the musical came out in the like late 90s, maybe. That line is definitely not in the musical. No? I don't think so. I do not remember that. It's strange, though. It's like Donna doesn't even know what the internet is. She's like, they're putting me on the line, she says. <laughs> like, it's like, oh my God. Bitch, you know what it's called. Like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that is like just showing you what a great actor Meryl Streep is. Right. <laughs> she convinced you she doesn't know what the internet is in 2008. <laughs> so then her three fathers, possible fathers, arrive, Sophie's three dads, and they are, there's this hot architect named Sam. Of course you think he's hot. This is like your type to a T. <laughs> in what world is he not hot? Who thinks Pierce Brosnan isn't hot? He was Bond, bitch. I mean, maybe when he was Bond, but like... <laughs> I like old guys. Deal with it. And he's like a hot architect architect in New York. Stop saying hot. <laughs> Everything you describe, you say hot. He's hot. <laughs> he's so hot. He's a hot architect. <laughs> I also think architect is a hot job. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Start to finish hot, except for when we hear his voice. Oh. That's Pierce Brosnan. And then there's a Swedish, he's an author, right? He just does adventures and writes about it, right? Yeah, that's it. And that's Bill, who's played by Stellan Skarsgård, father to Alexander Skarsgård. And what's the other one? The one that played uh, Pennywise? Bill, Bill Skarsgård. That is such an amazing Swedish family of actors. And then the third one is played by Colin Firth, who's one of my favorite 
people ever. He's so charming. And he's a British banker named Harry, who you played. Mm-hmm. Did you do an accent? I did. How was it? Did you like it? Did you feel hot? Oh, it was one. I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> You're good at accents, though. Your Johnny Depp goes off. I know, but after my Chewbacca, like, I kind of, like, doubting myself. You know what I mean? Like, I've told myself I was never just going to, like, spring it. I always have to practice first before I do it on. Okay, that's fair. And Bill does mention in their conversation talking to the guys that he has an Anne Sophia. That's right. Clue number one. The three of them end up coming to the island on Bill's ship together and we get this hot moment of like just these three dilfs on a boat together just sailing away. Dilfs. (laughs) (laughs) I love that moment. I was like, work. I want to watch these three sail forever. The three guys get to the island and they all think that they're there to see Donna because the letters that Sophie has written were from Donna plagiarizing. Sophie does a lot of fucked up shit to be honest. She reads her mom's diary. She plagiarizes her shit. She brings these men around the world to come see her and Donna has no idea and they have no idea. She's kind of like, oh my God. So it was me. It wasn't my mom, but you're going to be a surprise. So you guys need to hide and my mom is going to love this. And Sam is like, whoa, your mom told me like she never wanted to see me again. It's pretty awkward. But then they're all kind of like, oh, Okay, like really quickly. Like it's awkward for a second, and then they're like, oh, sure, we weren't invited. We'll hide in this attic yeah. for you, girl, we just met. It's like, uh, okay, convenient to move to move it along. And then she's like, if you see my mom, you can't tell her that it was me. And they're all like, okay, yeah, I'll come up with something. I'd be like, girl. I'm like, this is fucking weird. I'm getting out of here. Yeah, but they all swear not to tell her the secret. They're all so kind. It doesn't last very long because Donna stumbles upon her her men and she like peeks up and sees all three of them up there and she has like a flash that's when we see the flashback of what they look like when she knew them where they look nothing like they do in the second one it's so funny though the hair they give them the makeup they give them i fucking died yeah which takes us to mama mia oh my god so good where she is like a mental breakdown she goes outside and she's like sprawling herself on the rock wall she like holds her body and like rocks for a second she starts climbing the roof like she goes fucking crazy sometimes when you see normally film actors do movie musicals there's something that's so upsetting about how rigid they are in their bodies and how they don't in songs they don't tell a story as much because you can tell it's outside of their comfort zone this is not the case with Meryl Streep she's more expressive than some theatrical performers I've seen it's incredible and she really fucking tells the story with her body and it's at times really awkward and strange and it's amazing It's so good. You know how sometimes you're doing a show and director's like, go full out, go crazy. Then we can like bring it back down, pull you back. I feel like she did that the first time. They were like, you know what? It's great. We're just going to keep it. And then she's like, they need to leave. What the fuck? And at the end of her kind of mental breakdown, Tanya and Rosie find her and they're like, oh my God, you're so sad. Are you okay, girl? (laughs) And they sing Chikatita, which is one of my favorite moments. It's so cute and funny and sweet. It's so cute. And I love how they're beginning of the song is like a little rough and loud and then once the guitar comes in they're like perfect all the notes are good <laughs> it's beautiful when they do the acapella bit at the start and it's kind of rough and you're like oh what are we in for and then oh it's stunning when they get into the song they're both so talented and it's just the sweetest thing like I love this about ABBA that so many of their songs deal with things that you don't really hear songs about so much so many of the songs we hear are about romance or heartbreak or like these kinds of things but this is just a song about I'll be your friend it's okay I'll help you whatever you're going through and it's so heartwarming and beautiful and I love it and I love after when um Donna tells them like everything that's going on right now and the guys are here and like how she slept with all three of them and Christine Ritz goes Donna Sheridan you shady lady was one of my favorites too. (laughs) She's telling them all of this because they don't even know. The story was that Sam, the hot architect, (laughs) was the father, but that he left because he was engaged and he got married to someone else. And that was the story she kind of always told everyone. But now that these men are here, she's kind of coming clean about the fact that she doesn't really know who the father is out of these three men. And she gets into this moment too where she starts calling herself like a slut. And they're like, whoa, you sound like your mother. They're very 
sorry, like relax, bitch. They really over and over again kind of have these moments where they talk about the mother and how she was so mean and she was so cruel and slut shamey and she sounds terrible. And then literally she's played by Cher in the sequel. What the fuck's that well, about? And they say later on in the in the movie, they say she's dead too. <laughs> like like your mother's dead. And then in the next one, she's Cher. <laughs> Cher's three years older than Meryl Streep. I know. But I love that Cher was like, I don't care, I'll do it. Why didn't they just make her an older sister? Like if they said the mother was dead and she's not that much older to play her mother, why didn't they just say, oh, your sister? Yeah. The sequel has so many weird plot changes. Yeah. That you definitely could have added in a sister character. Also, do you love Cher's ABBA album? Yes. It is so fucking good. Cher's voice singing ABBA songs is like what I want to welcome me at the fucking pearly gates. Oh my God. Next we get one of the best, most joyous moments of all, Dancing Queen. Donna's fucking freaking out and she was really down on herself and they take her back to their Donna and the Dynamos days and sing Dancing Queen to her and it's just like cute choreography. It's really fun and it ends with all of them, including these Greek women, all frolicking around, all singing and dancing the Dancing Queen. It's incredible. Going back to the room, like lots of props again, like using tampons as a cigar and lots of boas. Like they just, they just keep pulling stuff out of this trunk. And you're right, it kind of weirdly becomes like an anthem for women and all these women stop doing their chores. I can't waste another minute. And they run to the dock and they're all like free and they'll <laughs> jump in at the end. It's so like crazy. All I can think of is what an amazing day it must have been for all of those women who were in the ensemble to be frolicking in the sun with Meryl Streep and in the end to jump in the water, all of them together. I would be like, I've peaked. <laughs> Take a hit, take a drink, take a ticket, take a stack. Take a hit, take a drink, take a ticket, take a stack. Oh, Donna Sheridan, you shady lady. Treat yourself. And then Sophie is concerned that the men have left. She finds them all on Bill's boat and then she swims out to them to try to be like, please stay for the wedding. And they all sort of bond over telling her about their summer with her mother. Mm -hmm. And this is a change from the musical, I know, because this is where they have our last summer. Instead, I think it's thank you for the music normally. Yeah, it's thank you for the music. And then Harry and Donna sing our last summer later in the show, Mm, like reminiscing together. They switch it up and it's pretty much just a get to know the dad song. And I like this song better than Thank You for the Music. I like both songs a lot, but I think this does a really good job of establishing that Sophie is bonding with these three men, that all three had amazing experiences with her mom. It's really sweet. Also, I believe Colin Firth is really playing that guitar, and he looks good. Do you know, I don't know how to play guitar. Well, and they used a track because I couldn't play the beginning, but I could never match it up. It was totally obvious I wasn't playing it, and people would laugh in the audience sometimes. (laughs) That's fucking hard, though. That is. I couldn't get it. I've never played an instrument in my life. Like, I just couldn't do it. It was embarrassing. You tried, and that's what matters. I tried my best. So lay off. Yeah. Who's giving you shit for this? Yell at those people that are laughing at you. Okay, but this is also the first time we get the vocals of Pierce Brosnan, who could be a lead vocalist in Cats. Oh my God. Like, that's how bad it is. It's so painful. It's really, really, really bad. Like, I can't believe they were like, we need to put someone else's voice or we need to change the actor. And he's great casting for the character, but Jesus Christ, he sings more than any of the other guys. Any of them. Love ballads. The other two don't sound too bad. Oh, they sound great. Both the others sound great. Harry sounds awesome. Yeah, I agree, actually. Colin Firth can do no wrong in my book. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Sam just sounds, it's like gritty and really forced. It sounds like he's not even breathing and he's just muscling out sounds. And even his face, he's obviously a super talented actor, but when he's singing and acting at the same time, he just looks in pain. They kind of did him wrong. Like they should have made that man do that. That wasn't right. And this is a thing. As an actor, as a performer, especially you're at that level of your career, I don't know that you would be like, hey, can you dub me? I don't know that that decision would come from the actor. One, if they feel like it's their place. Two, part of being an actor is kind of being like confident to do things that maybe you shouldn't be confident to do. It's it's like taking that risk and like yes anding everything. So part of me does feel like when shit like this happens, the onus is on producers, director, like all these other people that are kind of there to bring the vision together. Because like yeah. Pierce Brosnan can't sing. 
He can't. And, and that's just that. It just is what it is. And now we get lay all your love on me. And it seems like before this song, Sophie is like going to tell Sky what's been going on with the fathers, even though I don't really see why it matters to tell Sky. I don't see what Sky. I mean, yeah, like it's cool to be open with your partner and tell them everything, but like it's not that big of a deal that Sky knows, I feel. Yeah, I guess it's his wedding day and like she's kind of like made it about something else. It's kind of like... I don't know. I feel like he should be in the know a little this is happening. She wants to do it and then she kind of chickens out and then we get this sexy, crazy, campy song that I love. This is one of the best in the whole whole musical. First of all, Sky starts singing. He starts doing like weird like kung fu (laughs) moves like a Power Ranger and like leaping off of rocks. So it starts off weird. And then it gets sexy. Then it gets real fucking sexy. And they're like on the beach. Yeah, he's on top of her. And you're like, damn, this is hot. This is how Grace must feel watching Pierce Brosnan, I thought, <laughs> like how I feel right now. Lay me down on the beach. <laughs> exactly. And you're like, okay, this is hot. This is hot. I'm in it. I'm in it. And then men start coming out of the water. Oh my which God. in theory should be sexy. Like it should be a sexy image. But they put them in like these f- swim flippers and they all all line up on the dock and they do the most unsexy. I don't even know how like vaudevillian like <laughs> yuck, yuck, yuck moves on the dock. Yeah, that like, like Joplin-esque like high knee running in place with these huge flippers on. And then there's a part where they're all freestyling as well. That is when it goes off. There's like dudes doing handstands. It is funny as shit, dude. I love it. It just, the tone changes so fucking quickly. I like it though, because all those men are coming out of the water to abduct Sky for his stag do, for his bachelor party. So it does kind of like break up the sexiness and make it that like just weird boys being weird <laughs> feeling. I love it though. I love all these random big dance numbers because for me, that is something that if this movie didn't have it, I would be craving it so much. Yeah. It brings in that really theatrical, musical feeling that you need, especially for something as campy as Mamma Mia. And then at the end of the song, we cut to the girls having their lady night. Lady night. Cool song with that. Their lady <laughs> night. What is it called? Bachelorette party. Oh. Or a hen party. Hen party. A hen do. So we're at the hen do, the bachelorette party, and Donna and Rosie and Tanya are like, oh, we have a, a special treat for Sophie for her night. They put on their old costumes, which fit perfectly, and they perform a uh, super trooper. A great thing about this musical is that every fucking song is so good. Every single one. Uh-huh. I love ABBA. And I love when Meryl Streep goes, well, she goes, and somewhere in the crowd, there's you. And she looks at Sophie and she kind of winks and they have a moment with each other. It's their bond is so beautiful. They do such a great job. And they really read as mother daughter, like physically through mannerisms. There are moments that are really fucking heartwarming. And I think that's so hard to convey in such, they really don't have that many scenes together, but they Mm -hmm. really make it happen. And you really believe it. And then I feel like you would get along with these girls at this party because during Gimme Gimme, all they do is go after these old men. The dads show up and for some reason, these girls go fucking nuts that these dads are here and they like go over in a clump and they grab them and they pull them over and they're touching them. These girls are going fucking crazy about these old men. Those are my people. (laughs) Right. Wherever this fucking island is, this is where you need to go. (laughs) Find your tribe. Find your people. That's like the secret of life. That's how I felt about the circus freaks in Love Never Dies. (laughs) I feel like I belong there. Oh, with the cone-headed children. (laughs) You could be their cone-headed father. (laughs) Gimme, gimme, gimme is fucking fun, though. It kind of begins this madness of the party. It continues with a few more songs. Things are really getting intense here. There's a lot of different stories at play. The fact that all these men are here... And nobody really knows the truth except for Sophie. Sophie still has no fucking clue which one is her dad and that she's about to get married, but she has all this shit swirling in her head. All the dads think that they are the dad now. They've all come to the conclusion at once that they're the father. And it's weird though, because they all are like, oh my God, you brought me here because I'm your dad. Valid. But they don't stop to think, wait, why are those other guys here then? They're all very concerned with themselves only for a minute there. And all of them are like, I'll walk you down the aisle. So she's like, hold Holy fucking shit. And she like can't handle it. Just passes the fuck out in the middle of the dance floor. Yeah. And that's during voulez-vous. Oh, voulez-vous. Because it goes from gimme, gimme, gimme into voulez-vous and right, it, right, it right. gets intense. And it's also kind 
kind of a lot for Sophie, I think, because all of the sudden it does feel like it could be all of them. Well, I mean, the whole time she's been confused about which one it is, but now there's like real reasons for each of them. Like there's this moment where Bill talks about how Donna got the money for the hotel from his aunt Sophia. So Sophie's like, oh my God, Sophia, that must be my namesake. Like that's my dad. And then they each kind of say something to her that makes her like, holy shit, it's this one. Holy shit, it's this one. So she's fucking losing it. And at the end of Voulez-Vous, everyone's dancing around her and she's fucking going crazy and she faints in the middle of a circle. She faints. Can I tell you something um, scandalous? Please. I have a friend. I can't remember who the friend was who told me this. Imaginary. When I was doing Mamma Mia, they told me that they have a friend who was in the original company and that the original company was told who the dad is. How dare they keep that secret from us? Who do you think? Do you want to know? I know. <gasps> yes. Should I tell you now or at the end? Should I make you wait? Make me wait. Okay, I'll reveal it at the end. Oh my God, wow, I can't believe that. I wonder if it's true or they just like told them that. I mean, it could be absolute bullshit, but my friend who told, I can't remember the fuck it was. That makes it sound like creepypasta. You know what I mean? Like it sounds like an old wives tale. It's like, oh, it's my friend. It's my cousin's friend. It's, you know. Uh Uh-huh. Who the hell told me this? Wait, okay, we passed this scene, I believe, but there's this one scene where Sam talks to Sophie one-on-one and at one point he's holding this picture that she's drawn that Sophie's drawn (laughs) and he's like you're really good at this and she's like oh stop and it's such a bad drawing it's so bad it's so bad why didn't they get a better drawing and that's like his moment to be like is this hotel your dream you're so young you have so many possibilities you should be seeing the world and that's how they decided to show it with that terrible drawing and like he's an architect like he knows drawings like he knows what like good art looks like he's just bullshitting her he's like you have a talent (laughs) she's like stop no me have you ever drawn before Sophie? (laughs) Oh my god. Her passing out, voulez-vous ends act one. So that would be the the intermission. And then it's kind of like, we have to figure all this shit out. Okay, I have something to say about Harry. In the play, Harry, you find it at the end that he is gay and has a husband named Nigel. Mm Mm-hmm. In this one, they kind of make it, is he coming out? He's not gay yet? I think that that moment where it sounds like he's coming out is where he's trying to tell Bill that he thinks he's Sophie's father. But he's telling him in like sort of euphemisms. And Bill is like, oh, you're just realizing now? So Bill thinks he's talking about coming out because Bill's like, dude, you're gay. And Harry's like thinking he's talking about Sophie. And he's like, yeah, I just realized. Gotcha. Okay, that scene was so weird. But then at the end when... Collinsworth is with the young guy who he winds up with at the end. Like he has a moment where he's like quiet with and like looks down like he's sad. And then like kind of has a moment later on where he feels free and rips his shirt and goes for that guy. And I'm like, <laughs> so did you just come out? Like did they change that? Like we're not. I don't know. He has some very interesting dancing as well in the voulez-vous section we were just talking yes, about. Yes, he does. Where he yes, just he goes does. off. Yeah, that boat scene is weird. I didn't understand what was happening. <laughs> Rosie and Tanya are like, Donna, we're going to take care of these men because Donna's still freaking out about the fact that they're all there. And the men like kind of want to tell each other what happened. But again, like it gets lost in translation and they don't really end up knowing. And then Rosie, apparently also Rosie and Bill were like hitting it off the night before. And then Rosie's coming to like hang out with them for a bit. And she like stops their conversation midway. There is a great moment where Rosie is on this little boat, like this little like dinghy trying to get to the boat that Bill has, trying not to fall into the water but just going back and forth until she does and it's so funny she's so physically funny i can't stand it there's also a part in dancing queen i think when christine baranski and meryl streep are doing like a whole dance break and then rosie comes in and does like her version of it and it's terrible and it's hysterical Hysterical. I can't believe what this woman can do with her body so purposefully. I love that shit. Oh my God. Hey baby, I think Joe Biden just won. Are you serious? Because Julia just said, can you hear people cheering outside right now? Oh my God, 284. He did, he just won. We have our figuring out who won. Literally recorded. Oh my God. Holy shit. Holy fucking shit. Wow, I can't believe it. Wow, what a fun day. I found out who the president's gonna be. Soon I'm gonna find out who the real dad is. Right, right. Are you getting a little freaked out listening to Pierce Brosnan try to sing, but he kind of sounds like a water buffalo dying? Just take a hit. It makes everything better.
So there are so many little scenes now where two characters go off by themselves and have a spat and come back. Do you know that? There's like a bunch of scenes now. And like the first one is Sophie and Donna are fighting now. There's tension because I don't even know why they're fighting. I think because Donna senses that Sophie is going through something. Sophie just fainted the night before and assumes it's because this wedding is too much for her and she can just call the wedding off, she tells her. And Sophie's like, no, I want to get married. What the fuck, mom? So they have a fight and then Sam comes in and him and Donna start having a spat, which that takes us to SOS. Oh my God, which is just... Never ending. Never ending laughs. And it's a shame because I love this song. Me too. It's so good. And I also think it's such a cool moment for these two characters where she obviously has feelings for all three of the men, but there's something special about the relationship with Sam. It's the one that is most upsetting to her. And it's the one that she even now is gravitating towards so much. And you can tell Sam loves her. Sam has feelings for her. SOS is like, ooh, it's getting spicy. But the vocals are just so rough on Pierce. Pierce singing when you're gone (laughs) like it's so intense he's screaming at her yeah what he lacks in ability he makes up with volume just screaming when they're like on both sides of the wall looking out oh no that's the best shot best shot (laughs) and then so tanya was out with sam which i love that pairing but then harry fucking is in the boat with her he jumps into the water and just like bails out of nowhere and he is swimming to donna to give her money for the wedding because he thinks he's sophie's dad and he's like you've done this all by yourself i want to contribute so that happens so sweet that he does that though that he's like let me pay it is sweet and that scene is really cute with him just like nope Nope, it's I'm leaving. And he like kind of runs away awkwardly. But that leaves Tanya on the boat by herself. She paddles back to shore. And then we get, does your mother know? Because Pepper comes in, who's Skye's best man, I believe. And apparently he and Tanya got together the last night or they just flirted. What happened? Did they fuck? What do you think? I think maybe they danced a little and he was into her. I don't think they fucked. Oh, okay. I wanted them to fuck. Maybe they, yeah, they fucked. They definitely did. (laughs) I remember now. But I love this whole number. I think Christine Baranski slays. She mm-hmm. sounds so good. At one point, she kicks her face. Those long ass legs look incredible. And it's just her being like, does your mother know that you're out, bitch? You're too young for me. Like, you're a boy. I'm a woman. Well, and I love that Tanya also has all of Sophie's like friend group with her. And once again, all of these men are obsessed with Tanya. No one's going near these young girls in their bikinis who are cheering. People love old people. People on this island. <laughs> it's Old People Island. Old People Island. The men's choreography is also so flamboyant and ridiculous. I love it so much. I was cheesing so hard the entire time, just like giggling my ass off. I was like, this is where I belong. This is a universe I want to live in. Yeah. And it's so cute as well that everyone's coming together to have a big, beautiful wedding. That's the thing they're trying to accomplish. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just so adorable and wholesome. And if you're having kind of struggles in your life, it's such a nice film or musical to escape to. And the second one is even less plot and conflict. Like a hurricane comes into. Like that's like the mid. Yeah, <laughs> it's a rainy day. Completely. Sam and Sophie are fighting again now. You mean Sky and Sophie? I have Sam. It could, it could be anyone. They just, they all fight now. <laughs> oh no, you're right. First, she talks with Sky. She tells him about the dads and Sky is so pissed to the point where he's like, maybe we won't have this big wedding. But I feel like he's kind of a dick about it. He's really pissed about it for some reason. I don't know. I think his response is over the top, if you ask me. I think he's just hungover, honestly. You know, when you're, you're grouchy when you're hungover. That's actually a good point. He's taken out on her. And then Sam does come in. Sophie scolds him a bit as well. She's like, all the things you're telling me are the same things my mother tells me about how I need to go out and live my life and explore the world. But you know, she knows me better than you do. And you left my mom to marry someone else. So she kind of gives him a little sass. Yeah, pretty much anyone she bumps into, she just starts fighting with. Everyone's hungover and bitchy this morning. Yeah, everyone. Except for the ensemble members. They're having a good time. Yeah. They're all dancing and thriving, having drinks. Yeah, they're at the beach waiting for the wedding to start. They don't give two fucks. Fuck these main characters. It's about these ensemble people. They're the fun ones. Oh, and then we get slipping through my fingers. Sophie and Donna make up. 
They come together. It's time to get ready for the wedding. It's so sweet. This is another example of an ABBA song that deals with something we're not really used to hearing songs about. And it's so beautiful and universal, especially for like a mother. It's stunning. Slipping through my fingers is just her helping her daughter get ready for her wedding, reminiscing about her childhood and kind of mourning the fact that like she's not her little girl anymore. Yeah, she acts the shit out of it. They both do. All those moments we see them together, just like laughing. Sophie's sitting on Donna's lap. Yeah, oh. I could have wept. Oh, and this is when Donna tells her like, oh, well, when I was pregnant with you, my mother disowned me. She said I had to leave and I wanted it that way. So, you know, Donna's had such a hard life in a way, but then you're like, I don't know, Cher didn't seem that bad in the sequel. Yeah, they really rewrote that history. (laughs) And Sophie wants her mother to give her away rather than any of the fathers, which is a beautiful kind of character development moment of her realizing she doesn't really need to know who the dad is. And then they all walk to the chapel together and it's beautiful. They don't walk to the chapel. This girl is decked out. She looks gorgeous. They put this girl on a donkey. (laughs) They lift her up. They put her on a donkey and then the chapel's up this fucking hill. I almost got murdered by a donkey once in Greece. What happened? (laughs) Because if you sail to Santorini, it's like a lot of Greece, extremely mountainous and hilly. Oh, I didn't know that. And they have huge amounts of donkeys that they take the people up to the top of the island because otherwise you're just like at sea level and there's nothing there but you can walk it and I was like I don't want to ride a donkey I get nervous on horses they're very big and you know I don't really know like if they're exploited you know I'll walk I like a good workout a good stair workout I'm walking up these stairs mind you there's like donkey shit everywhere because the donkeys like own this place (laughs) and five donkeys come running down with people on their backs and there's nowhere for me to go I believe this was also my birthday (laughs) They're coming down and I have nowhere to go. And when I tell you, I held onto the ledge and made my body as thin as possible and the donkey still hit me. It just ran straight down. And what I've been told is that when the donkeys get down, they get a treat. So they're really motivated to go really fast. And I was like, I just almost died on my birthday by a fucking donkey. I almost got stampeded. Like Mufasa. Mufasa, exactly. I was pissed. I was like, I'm not dying via donkey. That's one thing I'm not fucking doing. So I've never been to Greece. So you seeing the donkey going up the hill was like, like, oh, another day in Greece for you. Where to me, I'm like, that's fucking bizarre. Yes and no. They do that with the hills. There's tons of donkeys there. But mm-hmm. I don't know that they would do it on a wedding. But maybe they would do it on a wedding, especially with the bride, because she's in the dress and everything. Well, she would have been so sweaty by the time she got up there if she walked. But now I'm pro-riding them rather than being stampeded by them. So I'm happy she had the donkey help. Good for her. Oh, and then to mix it up a little, we get another argument with Donna and Sam, which leads to what I think is my favorite number. Okay, this is a masterclass on acting a song. Baby, can you see that? I wrote masterclass. It is phenomenal. Her acting this fucking song out. And once again, not the best vocalist. I don't give a fuck. No. She tells this story so well. It could be awkward in a sense, because it's just Meryl and Pierce Brosnan standing there. And, and Pierce is just watching her the whole time. The whole and time. you kind of forget he's there. Yeah. What she's doing is so right. The scarfography. Oh my God. Oh. It's beautiful. And when she crumples it at the end when she's frustrated and like tosses it and runs away, it's unreal. But it's kind of hard to make a dramatic exit and leave when there's like a fucking hill, like mountain you have to climb. Like she storms off and you see her like trotting up the mountain. It's just so funny how dramatic it is to imagine her getting all the way up there and then finishing the song. <laughs> what fucking killed me is that we have this beautiful fucking song and she runs away and the scenery is gorgeous and then all of a sudden Pierce Brosman goes Donna at the bottom <laughs> of the hill with his arms open just screaming at her. Also, can these people stop making this wedding about them? Right. It's literally the moment of the wedding. Donna's fucking late. She just hung back yeah. to have this moment with him. I get it. It's, it's emotionally charged. They want to have this moment. He's just screaming for her, running. Sophie's like, where the fuck is my mom? She's yeah. supposed to walk me down the aisle. Why is she singing a four minute ballad right now? Like TikTok. <laughs> and then she's like, here I am. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> they ruined that beautiful moment with that Donna! <laughs> why do you think they added that? Just because he needed to say or do something? But why did, why did he have to? It was very like in Rocky when he's like, Adrian! 
Yeah, it was so over the top. So we get to this wedding. I like the priest for some reason. I think he's adorable. He's featured a lot in the rest of the movie. Like yeah. He's at the dinner table with them. He's a character. I'm looking at the cast list now and he's named Father Alex. Did you know he had a name? Oh. Father Alex. Father Alex. At this wedding then, of course, the shit hits the fan and everything comes out. And Donna kind of initiates it by telling Sophie and everyone at the wedding that her father could be any of these three men. Well, because they all stand up to walk her down. All three of them stand up, which gets Donna to be like, yeah, any one of them could. (laughs) Why are we doing this here? Why are we doing it at the wedding, guys? We had so much time together, all of us. But it's fine. This is dramatic. And there's this weird moment where Sophie's like, mom, I don't care if you fucked hundreds of men. You're my Mm -hmm. mom. It doesn't matter who my dad is. And it's like, why would you say that? It's three guys. Three. Hundreds? And I love when Meryl's like, well, I didn't see hundreds of men. <laughs> How dare you, Sophie? You're 20. You know better. Oh my God. Yeah. I remember that part just being like, no, Sophie just lost me. Like in front of a priest. I know. Father Alex. Father Alex is like, what the fuck? <laughs> I come to hell for this. We also find out that Sam, they thought that he left Donna to get married, but he left to tell the woman he was engaged to that he fell in love with someone else. But then when he returned, Donna was with Bill. So he went back to his fiance and they got married. And all the men kind of come forward in honesty and they're like, we'll all be your dad. We don't want to know who the real dad is. We're all your dad, which is like the dream. Uh-huh. And they all, they're all going to stay in her life, even though we're going to know who the real dad is. Oh my God. I'm fucking losing it. <laughs> and then Sophie's like, you know what, Sky? Fuck this. I've wanted to get married this whole time. But right this second, I've changed my mind. Yeah. <laughs> it does seem out of character. It really does. She's like, yeah, I do want to see the world. Yeah. This whole time you've been telling everyone you don't. I just don't get where this change came from, Sophie. Yeah. What's going on here? Everyone came here just to find out who you, we still don't really know who your dad is. What did we come here for? Just party? And then even after that, they're like, oh, there's no wedding. Father Alex like, all right, I'm going to go home. And then Sam's like, oh no, Father Alex, <laughs> there will be a wedding. <laughs> and he asked Donna in front of all their friends and Father Alex (laughs) if... She will marry him. Which is, I think this is actually my least favorite song of the whole show. I could do without this. I think it's cute though. Well, I don't, I don't. What I don't like is that everyone's like telling Donna to do it. Pressure. I don't feel like that's right. This is personal. Why can't they date for a bit? Literally. He just came back into her life like three days ago. Like they don't even know if they would connect still. I mean, right now it's so hot and emotional, but they should go to a restaurant before they get married. You know what I mean? See if you can deal with how he chews. It's things like that that are like can you be with someone long term if he snores you have to sleep with him yeah do you like how his breath smells in the morning just honest to god deal breakers and even when you see it in Mamma Mia 2 here we go again <laughs> like they're not even together long back then it's like no time at all it's just hot and heavy just feelings and emotions I don't think they known each other for two weeks all together I think they're definitely both fire signs because this is some fuckery here and I say that as a fire sign yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is just not well thought out shit it's just impulsive ridiculous sexual shit. Do you think Rosie is a water sign? Because I'm a water sign. Yeah, I feel Pisces is there for sure. Yes. At the reception, Sam sings again, which is just super upsetting. But I kind of love this song. <laughs> it's not in the musical. They added it. But I think the song itself is really pretty. Yeah. But he, he doesn't he doesn't do it very well. <laughs> if they're going to add a song, why do they give him one? That's so weird. That wasn't even like... It's not necessary. Yeah. And during this song is also when Harry has that weird like moment looking at the guy next to him. Like he doesn't know what to do. And then during our next song, Take a Chance on Me, he has a line in the song. And that's when he goes up to the other guy. Oh, you're right. So that kind of does make you feel like he's coming out. Yeah. So I guess the joke was earlier is that everyone knew he was gay except Harry. Is that the joke? I don't know. Harry's like a London banker. He's been around some shit. I think he knows he's gay. So you think he was just nervous to like a younger man, but maybe seeing how all young people like old people on this island. I have no idea, really. It doesn't really make sense. No, I've actually spent way too much time thinking about it. It does 
does feel like then the story is that he's coming out, but to me, that story doesn't make sense with his character. Someone weigh in. Colin Firth? We do get take a chance, take a chance, take a take a take a chance. Which I love. Rosie is like trying to get Bill, and Bill's like, oh, I'm a lone wolf, which is something Rosie has said about herself earlier in the movie. She just kind of goes for it, and this is a really funny number. At one point, he's crawling, and she's crawling behind him, and it's like on the roof of a building, and her head's kind of in his ass, and then she's falling off the building, and he's rushing down and catches her. It's just so ridiculous and goofy, and I actually love them as a couple together. Yeah. I do think it's weird how she's like, oh, I want to make a speech, and then she does this number in front of everyone. Usually when people make a speech at the wedding, it's like about the couple. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> I would really like to fuck this person. Speech. Yeah, speech, speech. <laughs> Will you do this at my wedding? Yeah. <laughs> I want to fuck Grace's cousin. <laughs> If my wedding isn't exactly like this, including the bachelor and bachelorette party with like men climbing up rocks and like in scary outfits. and It's like a half hour before your wedding, I'm on the phone like, no, I need a fucking donkey and I need it here now. <laughs> and then everyone's just kind of happy. Everyone's kind of in a couple. They're raving out. Well, they start going, take a chance, take a chance. Take... And they all start bouncing to take a chance, take a chance. And the ground cracks beneath them. And all of a sudden water sprouts out and Meryl Streep's like it's Aphrodite's fountain and they like slow it down and drag it out just like that and everyone gets wet and sexual Pierce Brosnan rips his shirt open he looks great yeah <laughs> you must admit he looked great when he pulled that shirt off we're kind of brought back to the opening where it's that beautiful dark night and Sophie is in this little sailboat on the water, but this time it's that Sophie and Skye are sailing away and it's once again I have a dream, which is just so beautiful and they're gonna go see the world. I don't really get why they're leaving in the middle of the night. I was just gonna say they couldn't even wait till the next morning. They had to leave like immediately. It seems unsafe. Yeah. Especially in that rickety ass boat. And then what I really like most of all is that then at the end of this whole shebang end of the story we get the credits but we are given all the music that we were missing out on like we get more of a concert experience then of Donna and the Dynamos and it's so fun we get Super Trooper so good and then we get Waterloo which is featured in the next movie also and it's just like the whole cast in the Dynamos outfits and they all look so good yeah and this is essentially the bows pretty much like yeah. everyone coming out and having their moment super cute Father Alex does not make an appearance at the end in his outfit. Imagine they got him like a priesty Abba outfit yeah, to wear. Like a bedazzled cross. And then that's it. That's the end of the story. Until until it's not. Wow, I fucking loved this. I had a blast. So you can watch this on Hulu. And uh, it's honestly a good film to own. It's such a just happy, feel good. It's a great, happy film. Okay, baby, are you ready for this? I'm so nervous. Are you going to tell me who the father is? It it is time for all secrets to be revealed. Holy shit. I can't believe this. I never even knew this was a fucking thing. Like I said, I heard it from my friend who I can't remember what friend it was, who heard it from an original company member who I don't remember <laughs> what company member it was. <laughs> but this is factual. There's no way this is wrong. No way, clearly. There's no way. They were told Sophie's father is. Oh my god, this is like finding out who the American Idol is in 2001, like freaking out. The person who made love to Donna <laughs> Sheridan, that shady lady, <laughs> is Bill. Oh my god! Can you believe it? Do you know that's who I fucking thought it was gonna be? I think it should have been Harry. Really? Do you think you're biased because you played Harry? No. Okay, so Sam and Donna get together, so he's gonna be in Sophie's life that way. Sure. Bill hooks up with Rosie, so he's gonna stay in their lives, but now Harry has no reason, so I think Harry should have been the father so they all stay together. Yeah, I guess that's the beauty of them all being like, we don't know. How do we know something they don't know? This is so so cool. I love that. <laughs> if I was part of that original cast, I would be bugging out. I'd be like, this is the greatest piece of information I could ever know. Yep. We need someone to confirm this. You don't feel satisfied with my, <laughs> with my answer? <laughs> You're extremely trusted sources. Honestly, in my opinion, it's case closed. <laughs> 
I feel for the kill fuck Mary. I feel like you have to do the three dads and I have to do the three moms. <laughs> okay, I'm excited. Okay, you go first. Okay, part of me thinks in reality, even though I think they're all super hot, I would marry Bill. Wow. I love a quirky adventurer kind of weirdo. Like, I just think Bill would be like a good partner for me. Right. Sam, I don't actually like as a character as much. I really don't. He's kind of the most annoying. I'm going to kill Sam. Oh, okay. I think she wants to fuck him. Because even though I want to fuck him, his personality is like, nah. He kind of makes the whole wedding about him. Yeah. He lies and tells Sophie that terrible drawing is good. Yeah, he's a fucking liar. He's just screaming, wailing all the time. It doesn't <laughs> matter how hot you are in that wet and wild scene. I don't want anybody screaming. I'm not in a loud people. They need yeah. to shut the fuck up. And you're friends with me. <laughs> Would you just scream my name in a Greek countryside? I've never been to Greece. I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't say. When we go, when we go with the money from the podcast, we'll, we'll see. But I would fuck Harry because I think it'd be fun. He's a good goofy person. Like I think we'd laugh. I love laughing during sex. I think Harry would be a good ass time. And then we'd be like, if it was terrible, which it probably would be, we would just have a good laugh about it and then be friends forever. I love that. Okay. Now you with Tanya, Rosie and Donna. This is really hard. I feel like I'd be a fool not to fuck Tanya. She's so experienced. Even though Donna, you know, didn't sleep with hundreds of men. She slept with a lot. <laughs> I love Donna so much, but she's kind of a mess. And Rosie's such a good cook. She can cook for me. And Rosie's fun. She's like life of the party fun. Yeah. I think I'd marry Rosie and I'd kill Donna. And she does die in the next one. Spoiler. Uh, so it's like, I'm sticking with the plot. It's true. It's true. It was really hard because I love Donna. Wow. Mama Mia. Mama Mia. Oh my God. We love you guys. Follow our Insta. Subscribe. Tell us what your guilty pleasure musicals are, guys. We're going crazy. We're about how many months into a theaterless world. We need the guilty pleasure musicals that we can watch at home. And we want to know what yours are. All right. We love you. We Just keep chilling. <laughs> Just keep chilling. Wait, let's do our chant one more time. Okay. I'm Spunky. I'm Funky. And after, after thanks- Thanksgiving dinner, dinner we're we are Chunky. chunky. <laughs> Workshopping it. <laughs> Love you. Love you. <laughs> High Flying Adored is hosted by us, Mikey and Grace. It's produced by us, Grace and Mikey. Special thanks to Andy Mowat for our kick-ass theme song. Please rate and review us on whatever platform you're streaming the song. While you're at it, please follow our Instagram, High Flying Adored. That's flying with no G. Email us at High Flying Adored Podcast at gmail.com. We love you. We love you. Thanks for listening. We love you. 